This is the Lead King Podcast with Russ Ward. Tactics and strategies to grow your digital marketing business, get clients, and produce amazing results. Russ will teach you strategies that he used to build himself up from one of the lowest points of his life. Now, with a thriving, growing business that just had its first $30,000 month, he can teach you to go from zero to $10,000 a month and more. This is the Lead King Podcast, and this is Russ Ward. What is up, guys? This is the Lead King, Russ Ward, and this is the Lead King Podcast. Welcome once again to another episode, and thank you for coming back and tuning in. I have a very cool story to tell you today about my trip to Las Vegas to see Conor McGregor fight at UFC 246. Now, I know a lot of my podcasts, probably most of them that aren't in interview, really, sometimes they seem to have nothing to do with digital marketing right out the gate. And this is going to be another one of them where you're probably going to think to yourself, dude, what does this have to do with marketing? This isn't pixels. This isn't ads. And you know, I can teach you all that stuff. I have stuff like that on my Facebook page and on my YouTube channel, but the podcast is for more than that. I like to get into some deeper meaning behind things. I like to talk about some law of attraction when I can. And this story is going to get into a couple of those things, but it's also going to tie back into why my trip to UFC 146 ties into my journey and my digital marketing business. So UFC 246 was a couple of weekends ago. It was Conor McGregor coming out of retirement. I think he had only retired for like three months. Everybody knew the guy wasn't going to really retire. And he came out of retirement to fight Cowboy Cerrone. And for those who aren't really big fans of the UFC, Cowboy has the the most wins ever in UFC history, but he had lost several in a row. He was, you know, basically set up to be, you know, the, the bait in the water for Conor McGregor to destroy. And Conor McGregor did exactly that. So I began a little bit frustrated, right? I was stagnating. I was plateauing. I I really didn't know what I wanted to do next. And so I decided on Friday afternoon, and the fight was the next day, you know what? I'm going to get a flight out to Vegas. I'm going to fly out there, and I'm going to watch this Conor McGregor fight. I'm going to have a a little bit of fun for a couple of days, kind of try and recharge the batteries, and then I'm going to come back, and I'm going to hit it hard again. And that's exactly what I did. I had a blast that weekend. So I go to Vegas. I get there. I stayed at the Treasure Island. By the way, if you go to Vegas and stay at the Treasure Island, they have the most comfortable beds, man. I always try and stay there if possible. The beds at the Treasure Island are just amazing. So the very first day I was there, I, you know, I was a little tired. I got there pretty late and I was getting some work done, kind of just hanging out in my room. And then the next day comes and, you know, I'm, I actually had, I actually had some calls to make. So I did a Zoom call from the Caesars Palace Mall. I helped out a friend to figure out some struggles. And I I did a couple of other things. I had some calls with some clients and I actually did some work. And then that night was when I headed over to the um, the mobile, the T-Mobile arena where Connor would be fighting. And I really didn't want to pay, you know, the going asking price. I mean, some of these tickets were like 600, 800, a thousand dollars. And I just was like, man, I don't want to pay that much. So I went and I got $200 out of the ATM machine and I just walked over there and I, I kind of meditated on it for a minute. And, you know, wouldn't you know it, A guy walks up to me and he's like, Hey man, I have one ticket left and he wanted like 250 bucks. I was like, I got 200 bucks. Will you take it? He takes it. So not only do I get the ticket for $200, but 
I believe I manifested it, straight up law of attraction. The guy found me, knew I needed the ticket, and in I went. I had the ticket and I had a blast. And, you know, before I get into the story behind some of this stuff, why I'm bringing up Conor McGregor, let me just tell you about this crazy story that happened while I was at the fight. So I was sitting next to like four of these hardcore Irish guys that had flew in from Ireland and they were going crazy, like, oh, whoop, whoop, whoop. you know how like Conor McGregor does. And by the way, Irish guys have the coolest accents. And like these guys' accents were so thick, I could barely even understand them. But, you know, I could understand them when they were talking about beer and wanting to buy beer and stuff for me. That was pretty cool. And they all wear plaid pants too, by the way. I don't know why, but they look pretty cool. So anyway, the McGregor fight comes out. You know, Connor comes out. Every Irishman in the place is going crazy. He comes out. He beats the shit out of Cowboy Cerrone, knocks him out in 46 seconds. And there's a guy behind me with a cowboy hat on, obviously a Cowboy Cerrone fan. And he turns around and throws a beer at me. I mean, it straight up drills me with a full beer. And I'm just standing there like, oh, my God, dude. The Irish guys next to me turn around and just start beating down this cowboy fan. And they're just like, you do not treat our man like this. Like I was just cool with them all night. And I was just like, wow. So I hung out with these Irish dudes the rest of the night. Drunk Irishmen, by the way, you don't want to mess with them. And you don't want to mess with their friends. Because I had never had somebody stick up for me like that and just straight grab somebody and beat them down because they threw something at me. So that was pretty damn cool. So that's my crazy story from the night. But getting back to Connor, right? So most people in digital marketing, myself included, you know my story. If you go all the way back to the trailer of this podcast, you can hear the story of where I came from and where I am now. Most of us have had something happen in our past where, you know, we just, we, we thought it was over, man. Like I was going to kill myself. I had nothing left. I declared bankruptcy, tax liens, you know, lawsuits. I was screwed. And most people in the digital marketing business were screwed at some point. In, in some way or another, right? It was, it was some type of moment brought us into this. I don't believe anybody wakes up one day and says, you know, I'm going to be a digital marketer today. Some type of adversity brings us into this particular business for some reason. And I think it is because, you know, partially because it's, it's kind of a low barrier to entry. If you can figure out a way to get good results, you can make good money, right? So Conor McGregor is relatable because he went through a lot of tough shit in his life. And he's still a fairly young guy. I didn't realize how young he was. I think he just turned 30. And for many years, Conor McGregor was living on public assistance. 1,500 great, great British pounds, um, LPs or whatever the heck you call the, the money that they use over in Ireland. Um, so he was living on 1,500 pounds a month. And he was started out as a plumber. And then he would train at a local gym at nighttime because he wanted to be a fighter. And, you know, he's still – He's still not making any progress. He's not making any money. And then he met his girlfriend. And, you know, a lot of people talk about how, you know, the right woman behind you can really propel you and push you to greater things and inspire you and all that stuff. And, and there's a lot of people that have stories like that. And he met his girlfriend, Dee Devlin. And, I mean, she believed in him when, she, when he was broke, when he was nobody. She stood by him through his troubles. And, I mean, the dude's had some troubles. Let's, let's be honest about it. He's not a squeaky clean individual. I mean, he's gone out and he's thrown, like, dollies at, at – buses and smashed out windows. He has, you know, violations for, I think he sucker punched an old guy in the face at a bar. I'm not trying to say Conor McGregor is a good person. You know, he, he may or may not be guilty of these things, but for whatever reason, his girlfriend D stuck through him through all of it. And, you know, she said, you know, he just, he wants to spoil her. He wants to take her around the world with her because she was a very rare find. And there's not many people in this world who will stick you through you or stick with you through the shit, right? Most of the people in my life 
I've had to cut out of my life because when the shit hit the fan for me, they took off and they were nowhere to be found. And when stuff started getting good for me, they were right back at the, at me with their hand out. So it's very rare to find somebody, much less a, a girlfriend who, who, who eventually you know, has your child, who's going to stick there through the, the shittiest of times while well, she did. And you know, not only did he work hard, but he consciously and subconsciously manifested success through law of attraction. Like when things were going bad and, and when he had no job and when he was on welfare, this is like a quote from Conor McGregor. He said, I went into different mode. You know, just like a kid, I used to imagine visualizing good things in those times of struggle. And I'm not doing a very good job quoting here because I'm trying to read this and quote it and think at the same time. So I apologize on that. I, I haven't tried that before and I'm not going to try it again. But basically what Conor McGregor was saying was that without really saying he was, you know, manifesting things, he was actually using law of attraction and straight up visualizing what was going to happen. So by day he was a plumber making chump change money. He had a cool girlfriend who was hanging out with him and, and she was supporting him. And from what I understand, the, the research I've done on this, I mean, she was straight up supporting him, dude. She was paying his bills. She was buying him food. And then Connor was doing stupid stuff. He's going off to bars and fighting and, and brawling and all kinds of just craziness until he really just buckled down and decided he wasn't going to, you know, do anything stupid anymore for at least a little while. So anyway, his first big payday came. Uh, he went out to a UFC fight. UFC finally picked him up. They gave him a $60,000 payday. And, you know, after the fight, he said, we'll see what happens. It was in Stockholm. He knocked out a guy named Marcus Brimage in 67 seconds. And that's where the very first visual signs of the Conor McGregor that we know today came from. Because Conor's known for going in. And if he's really going to have a good fight, he's going to go and just blast you in the face. He's going to knock you out. And it's going to be over like that. So Conor made his first $60,000 on that night. He made a performance of the night. And then he went back and he told the uh, public assistance people, hey, I don't need the money anymore. And like how many people do that? They're on public assistance, right? So just to give you a little more background on Conor McGregor, and, and I promise it has a reason at the end. You know, since then, he has the biggest pay-per-view draw in, in the history of mixed martial arts, the UFC, having headlined five out of the six highest-selling UFC events ever. His headline bout with Khabib, I'm not even going to try and say his last name, it's UFC 229, drew 2.4 million pay-per-view buys, the most ever for a pay-per-view event, is boxing match. Now, how crazy is this, right? This just shows you that this man is a master marketer. He went out and challenged and set up a boxing match with one of the greatest boxers of all time, Floyd Mayweather. It drew 4.3 million pay-per-view buys in North America, the second most in history. And Conor McGregor had never been a boxer ever in his life. And I watched that fight. I was actually out there with my little brother. He had a cool little party. And it looked like Conor was hanging in there with the great Floyd Mayweather man, and he just got gassed. Floyd's known for his great conditioning, and Conor's not known so much for his conditioning. And I really think if Conor had good conditioning, he could have hung in there for a, for a decision at the end. But, you know, Floyd took him out. He's the greatest ever in, in his thing, too, and, you know, no one's ever going to debate that. So on December 27th, it was officially announced that Conor McGregor's next bout would be against Eddie Alvarez for the UFC Light Heavyweight Championship on uh, UFC 205, McGregor defeated Alvarez by a second round TKO to win the UFC light heavyweight championship and become the first fighter to ever hold two titles in different weight classes. Now that's pretty damn impressive, right? So I'm hyping up all this Conor McGregor stuff. I'm telling you this story. Basically, the dude started from nothing. He was a troublemaker from Ireland, a typical guy you'd see in the streets, uh, the, like the the uh, Notre Dame fighting Irish guy that's on the logo. That's Conor McGregor. He's going around getting drunk, beating people up. 
He had nothing. He only had was a girlfriend who believed in him. He had a, a job and he had a trainer and he had a dream. And so the guy went from that little punk in the street, and I'm going to call him a punk because he, you know, some of the stuff you read about him, he sounds like a punk. And he went from that little punk in the street to one of the wealthiest people in the world. He became the headliner of almost every single popular UFC event. He even headlined a boxing match. And that's where the man came from, right? So while I'm not Conor McGregor, I'm not headlining anything right now. So in, in realms of what that would be for me, that would be for me to go to like Grant Cardone's 10X Growth Conference and for me to be the headline speaker, right? So I think this year's headline speaker is Magic Johnson and or it's going to be Kevin Hart, one of those two guys, but I think it's going to be Magic Johnson. So that would be putting me in the position of Magic Johnson and, you know, 20,000 people show up to hear me speak. And believe me, I would love to speak in front of an audience like that. I don't have the, you know, the experience and in, in all the the things that I need to do to be in place to, to do that. But the significance of what Conor McGregor was able to pull off from going from punk in the street to headlining UFC events and headlining boxing matches would be the equivalent of me, random guy, Russ Ward, laying on the floor with a gun to his head to headlining a Grant Cardone event, right? That's how impressive that was. And the question really is, is why do people adore this man? Why do people hate this man? And, and how does this apply to marketing in general? So let me just tell you my thoughts on this, right? People adore Conor McGregor, and I wouldn't say I adore him. I respect him. I respect the story, and, and I know he's had some troubles. We've all had, had some troubles, and he may have done some pretty bad things. We don't know that. Everyone's you know presumed innocent until they're found guilty. But people just really appreciate authenticity and realness, and Conor McGregor has been that from the very beginning, man. He's still that guy who was the guy on public assistance making 1,500 pounds. And he comes out, and he is just a marketing freaking genius, right? He's larger than life. He walks with his chest puffed out. I don't even – I think he's five foot nine, maybe 170 pounds at most. And when you see the guy enter the arena, his shoulders are back. He's swinging his arms. His chest is just puffed out like he's about to – you know, he's, he's the man about town. He's about to beat the shit out of you. You just know that this man got a, a swagger to him that he's just probably – not going to lose that fight and people just love that about you and it's he's the kind of guy who's just like a, a love it or hate it kind of guy and a lot of the most famous people of all time a lot of the most successful a lot of the most wealthy people of all time have been extremely polarizing figures like conor mcgregor take for example lebron james right probably the best basketball player in the nba right now i know it's debatable some people would say why but lebron james is a very polarizing figure you either love him or you hate him most of the time, right? And he's he's wildly successful. One of the top five basketball players to ever play the game, right? Kobe Bryant, you know, rest in peace. He was another extremely polarizing person, the black mamba, the mamba mentality. He was just go, 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 you know, never stopping, never letting up, completely relentless, but he had his haters. He had his lovers, he had his haters. And Conor McGregor is no different. Marketers are no different than that. Think about your favorite marketer. Maybe it's me. Maybe it's the lead king, right? There is a faction of people out there that cannot stand me. They can't stand my personality. They might not be able to stand my voice. They might not like the fact that I shaved off all my hair. They, they might just hate something about me, and that's okay. Because polarization, from what I've noticed, polarization actually makes you pick a side, and then the people that pick you, they're super passionate, right? So Conor McGregor looked at UFC-like entertainment, like the WWE, the WWE obviously is fake wrestling and you know, it's all about entertainment, but Connor made real fighting into real entertainment. And that's how he created these polarization things, man. And throwing, you know, 
things at buses and smashing out windows and getting in trouble. Love him or hate him, the man is polarizing, and you are going to take a position on him. Everybody takes a position on him. And that's what, you know, Grant Cardone teaches us. He teaches us get attention, get attention, get attention. And how does Conor McGregor make so money? Well, he gets a ton of attention. Everybody wants to either see him knock somebody out or see his ass get knocked right, the, right back out. And that's why Conor McGregor makes so much money. So how does this apply to Facebook? Well, let's just think about it, right? I personally run a lot of Facebook ads that are polarizing. They are love it or hate it type Facebook ads. And in fact, recently, I've been running some Facebook ads that are um, like really ugly like very amateurish looking because I heard from somewhere, I just heard this from some guru I listened to on a video or a podcast or something somewhere that ugly ads were working. So I started running ugly ads and I started getting massive return on the ugly ads. And I started comparing them to some very professional looking ads and they were smashing and killing and destroying in terms of cost per lead, click through rate, all that good stuff, all the metrics that we care about, the ugly ads were doing that. And so that's another example of polarization, right? And you know, there was tons and tons and tons of Facebook posts about this man, Conor McGregor, right before and right after UFC 246. Guys, what we need is we need attention. We need to be ourselves. We need to polarize. A few weeks ago, I made a Facebook post where I apologized to anyone who follows me, anyone who likes me, because I wasn't being authentic enough. I was being, quote unquote, a nice guy in a lot of ways, where I didn't want to be a nice guy. I needed the money sometimes. I needed some clients. And, and I just really wasn't telling people, you know what? It's not a good fit. I don't even want to deal with you, mostly because I don't like you. I don't like your personality. I don't like your attitude, whatever. But I was doing anything I could to avoid any negative publicity, any, any negative thing that people could post on Facebook about me. I was really scared of negative reviews. So one day I just decided I'm going to be more like Conor McGregor. As a marketer, as a, as a man, as just in general, I want to be polarizing. I want you to pick a side on me. Love me or hate me. I, I'm going to be me, authentically me. And I believe if all of us did that in our lives, and in our ads, and in our marketing agencies, I just think the world would be such a better place because everybody would know where we stand, right? So it's so important to market constantly and market, 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 no matter what your, your angle is, right? Maybe you're a Conor McGregor and you, you're larger than life, even though you're a little dude, and you, you need it to just cause drama constantly. Okay, at least the attention's on you, right? My strategy isn't really like that. To get attention from me, I make podcasts, I do Facebook Lives, I, I make cool offers. I mean, I have a following that's, you know, for is the short amount of time I've been in this business, I really think that, that my following and, and my fans are, are pretty cool. They, they seem to be somewhat rabid and they appreciate me and I appreciate them very much. So I am actively practicing what I'm preaching here, right? And before I end this podcast, um, I just want to make it clear one of the one of the just the things that I wanted to get through why it is so important to have success, right? So how does this relate? Well, as I was sitting there in the stands waiting for Connor to come out, and you know I was listening to to the music and all these people, I was just thinking about everything this dude had gone through to get to the point where he was. Imagine if Connor McGregor had stayed a plumber, had stayed poor, had kept making fifteen hundred pounds a month, you know. I don't know if his girlfriend D would have stayed by him. You know, by the way, they're still together. They have a child. I mean, it's 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 a pretty cool thing they have going on. And believe me, I don't I don't comment on relationships very often because I've had some bad ones. So I'm kind of a little bit jaded toward relationships in general. But when I see a good situation, man, I'm gonna call it out because you know, there's probably nothing like that in the world when you have just this amazing partnership. So imagine if he just stayed wallowing in his own misery, right? He would have just been another guy 
another drunken Irishman going into the pubs and, and beating people up with little man syndrome because he was five foot nine. That's how that would have been his legacy, right? If Conor McGregor dies today, he leaves a massive legacy. I don't know what good things he's done in the world. I don't know what charities he's done. I didn't really look into that stuff, but I know he's been a winner. He's made a lot of money. He's been an amazing entertainer, right? And if you think about me, let's take about let's take about my story, right? If I didn't pull myself up off the floor, if I didn't take that gun away from my head, I would have killed myself. My story would have ended right there. My kids would have found my dead body and it would have been horrifying. It would have messed up some lives. And that would have been the end of my legacy, right? But because I pushed on, because I decided I wasn't going to fail, because I just decided, you know what? I will have success. It's, it's not an option. It's, it's just something that I must. Something I've heard Eric Thomas say, I can, I will, I must, right? And, and he applies that to everything. Because I persevered on and because I demanded success for myself, not only do I have an awesome quality of life most of the time, I say most of the time because sometimes I put myself in my own cell and I, and I just don't let myself out. I just overthink it too much. But I'm able to give my daughter and my kids just amazing, amazing opportunities in life, right? I'm able to take her to Disney World whenever she wants to. I'm able to help her in life whenever she wants to. I mean, I can donate money to charities. I can donate time to help other people. It's just an amazing thing. You owe it to yourself to have success. You owe it to your family. You owe it to your children. You owe it to your legacy to have success. Because if you don't force yourself to have success, you're not going to. Nobody just ends up on the top of the mountain. As Vince Lombardi said, nobody just got dropped on the top of the mountain. They had to climb that mountain, man. And Conor McGregor climbed the mountain. Love him or hate him. You know, whatever your, your thoughts are on him. The man is a winner. He didn't just get dropped on the top of the mountain. And neither do we in digital marketing in life or anything like this. So the moral of this podcast today, just to tie it all together, is you must demand success of yourself. And the way you do that is you get attention. And I don't care how you get the attention, you can do it Conor McGregor style, but you must get your message out there. You must walk with your head up, your shoulders back, your chest stuck out, because you are a badass. Every single one of you listening to this is a badass in their own way. There's something about you that makes you the man, the woman, the boss babe. There's something about you that you do better than other people. And you just need to remember that. You need to be your own Conor McGregor, your own version of it, because that is what's going to propel you. That's going to get you attention. That's going to get you followers. That's going to get you people that are raving mad, either positive or negative. Who cares? It doesn't matter. That's what's going to get people to buy your shit. Conor McGregor shit is pay-per-views. My shit is courses, done for you products, all kinds of things, right? Yours is whatever it is, but that's what does it. You have to get your message out there. And if you have a rags to riches story, that's even better. Let the world know about it. This is all I had for you guys today. I really wanted to get this Conor McGregor story out to the world because I just wanted you to know my thoughts on it. I've been thinking about it since I left the fight. I just hadn't had a chance to put the podcast together, but I hope this helps somebody out there. And I hope that, you know, you're going to actually take it to heart and you're going to pull a Conor McGregor on the world. You've been listening to the Lead King Podcast with Russ Ward. Russ Ward has been through everything. Losing houses, money, a wife, sued by the NFL, tax liens, and through it all has risen from the ashes. Yes, 
The Lead King Podcast covers tactics and strategies to grow your digital marketing business, acquire clients, and of course, get results. But more than that, we talk about the mindset that's required to endure the frustrations, the failures, and the setbacks of growing a marketing agency. You can reach out to Russ by phone at 813-278-7040. Email Russ at russward at theleadking.com, on Facebook at The Lead King, and on Instagram. Instagram at Lead King Digital Marketing and the website is theleadking.com. If you want to grow your digital marketing business from nothing to 10K a month and beyond, and if you want to learn how some of the best in the business did it, you're in the right place. Till next time, this is the Lead King Podcast. Signing off.